Hello everyone, welcome to What is Covenants? Specialized Pastor Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. You're pointing, Carolyn. <laughs> it was giving me a message to rotate my phone, but it went away, so I guess we're all good. Okay. Hi, Carolyn. And I also realized I didn't turn on the Do Not Disturb, so hopefully no one will disturb us <laughs> at 7.30 in the morning. And we had gone through a bit of deliberation of whether this was any <laughs> worth pursuing. And so I think this might be some confirmation. It may not be. <laughs> and what in the world are we talking about? A live feed. I don't know how I feel about live feeds. You know, of course, I used to do television. Uh, most folks probably don't realize this, but I was the general manager at WTSF, which was a Christian broadcasting station, uh, before Daystar bought it out. And that's been 20 or 30 years ago. And uh, we had a program called Celebration that was a one-hour sort of daily, mm -hmm. live, recorded, um, I guess, program show where we'd invite guests and then come on and talk about their ministry. Mm -hmm. We had some music, most of us Southern Gospel. We did a contemporary Christian version of that, too. I thought that was a good idea at the time. And I think I remember that. It was good stuff. Uh, I don't think John would mind. John Deering Rousey used to be really helpful at the station, and uh, certainly he's Southern Gospel, but he writes a variety of music, and he did the intro for us. It was really slick. I mean, it was a nice production. So I know what it's like, right, <laughs> to be on television, but at the same time, I also know what could go wrong. <laughs> it's just like all sorts of things. That could go wrong. And with that, then, if it's recorded, uh, it's there for, what is it, posterity? There you go. Yeah, it's there forever. And especially if it's on the Internet. I mean, it could be forever. And so in my mind, I'm thinking we're quite, we're not quite yet at that point where we want to do this for posterity. <laughs> yeah, posterity or run the risk. So you've convinced me to do it live because you... I, guess think it might be helpful or useful but at the same time we're not going to record it but to make this very long intro short <laughs> shorter that's what happens there's well, all trial and error we we try all we, kinds we'll, of things we'll see what happens my i want to share this with you and whoever's watching um because you know i like to I like to share things that, you know, uh, make people laugh because my my live experience, um, I, however, have not run a TV station. <laughs> my live experience was um, being on Mr. Cartoon. Yes, that was my 15 minutes of fame. Now, you know, of course, nobody in the knows, they think Mr. Mr. Cartoon, Cartoon is that guy in that Modelo commercial. Who does all of the tattoos? Oh, okay, okay. Well, this tell, was a tell little, them who Mr. Cartoon. This was a program that was on. It was on the main local news on WSAZ, and it was like a little cartoon show. And they had a host, and he would have a little group of kids come in and sit, like a little audience. And then he had a sidekick um, called Beaver, which my son called a wolf and was terrified of him. And my Girl Scout troop went to be on Mr. Cartoon, and we went, and I stood there, and they asked for volunteers. Would anybody like to sing a song? Keep in mind, this is July. Mm. 
And of course me, who loves to sing and want to be a singer when I was little, raised my hand. And then what was my song of choice for Mr. Cartoon on the live TV in the middle of July? Silent Night. <laughs> well, Christmas is your favorite time of year. I was like, I look back on that and I'm thinking, why didn't somebody stop me? I don't understand why. But that was my... Um, that was my live TV experience. I'm sure there's probably been something else, but that's the one that stands out in my mind. <laughs> well, it didn't in mine. <laughs> I used to, well, and I used to watch Mr. Cartoon. Yes. Uh, I can't remember the name of, the, there was a conglomeration of characters of Beaker, Beagle, Beagle? Beeper. Beeper. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name. But there were four, and there was some program, a Hanna-Barbera show that was live, that was done sort of in live format or fashion, and uh, for a long time they were at King's Island, which is an amusement park fairly close to us, and they took all the different costumes, I'm sure because there's some sort of rights that Hanna-Barbera had to the particular characters, but somehow WSAZ, who was a local station that produced Mr. Cartoon, is a daily broadcast, it's like 4 o'clock every day, and Jewel Huffman was the host. I don't know if you mentioned oh, that or not. No, I didn't know. But, but, and it was wonderful. He was the Mr. Rogers of our neighborhood, of our area. But they put all those together. It came up with, what was it? Flegel? What was it? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I, I couldn't remember the characters you were talking what about. What was it's the one on Mr. Cartoon again that you... Beeper. Beeper. But I don't remember the other ones. Yes. La, da, 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 da. Anyhow. <laughs> there was also, I thought you were referring to a um, show that was out of Cleveland, and they showed it on a channel here, and it, he was called Superhost, mm. and he wore a cape, and yes. he had like a S on his chest, and he would play old cartoons, and mm. I like that as well, but um, yes, Mr. Cartoon was very beloved in the time, and of course, Joel Huffman's respected was a respected member of the community. He and it was since, live TV. He has since passed. It was, yes, but it was live TV, and which yeah. was, I think, pretty incredible, too. Well, hopefully ours of is course, entertaining. Back, <clears throat> back then, so much of it was live. <laughs> Carolyn, are you ready to do anything that has anything to do with our... <laughs> with covenants? Covenants. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Okay. I enjoy the, our, our, and our opening monologue, I guess we call it. Uh, yeah. Well, it's not a monologue because both of us do well, it. Unless, unless you're not listening to me and I'm not listening to you, we're just <laughs> ran, uh, rambling, rambling on. Carolyn, have you ever taken a vacation with somebody or a group of somebodies? I should qualify that. And then ended up finding yourself to be the odd person out the majority of the vacation. Hmm. You knew maybe the people, but you really weren't on the inside, you know, considered to be inside circle and with that, then you just were kind of an add-on at the last minute. Maybe somebody else had decided they couldn't go and they needed a fourth because they needed to pay for the room. <laughs> or, or you seemed to maybe be, they were showing some benevolence and end up, ended up inviting you. Hmm. I have went on vacations with groups of people, as many as like, I don't know, it was 18 or 20 people. Um, I don't necessarily know that I felt like, you know, out of the circle, but I will say that uh, it maybe felt a little bit that way, um, you know, just being part of the larger group and kind of, you know, everybody had their little people they were hanging out with. But when I had my first son, we went on vacation when he was six weeks old with a group of people. And that, that 
was a little different, you know, because then there's a child to take care of, and then there's bottles, and there's this and that, and I felt a little kind of out of the loop, you know, when other people were going and doing things, I was there with the baby, and so it was just, you know, that was a little different, but I haven't really felt so much that, but I know that that particular time sort of changed the dynamic. You never took a vacation with a group of people and a little and a small child. Right. Yes. And so that was a little different. I mean, well, you know, it was, I mean, having a child makes your whole life different, but just to go on vacation with the same group of people, you know, it, it did. And it's it not always change. bad. And, right. And, but it was different. But it's, yes. And it feels kind of though, if you're not in the loop, it, you can kind of feel kind of bad because they're doing all these things and maybe it's things that you like to do and maybe it's things that you don't like to do and depending on how well you know the persons and whether or not you're really connected with them in, a, in such a way that you could have even anticipated what they were going to do on vacation, maybe in your mind you thought you're going to do all these great things and then they turn around and really don't like to do any of them. That happens every time I go to visit my sister. Yes. <laughs> So it wouldn't be that there would implicitly then be a conflict in that, but it would be though you're not going to probably have as much fun, and to the extent or degree of how radically different it might become, I would think that there could be then implicit in that mm -hmm. the possibility of some conflict. And then what do you really do with it? Mm -hmm. right. And how does that really work? And of course being the person you are and being the Christian as we're all supposed to be, certainly we're not going to hang out with folks that are hopefully too divergent or different than us, not going to be doing so many things that we wouldn't do, mm -hmm. but at the same time, or at least wouldn't feel good about doing, mm -hmm. there would be some conviction attached to it. But at the same time, though, we do live in a world that is kind of like that. I don't know that it's always a vacation sort of mm -hmm. context, but there's a lot of stuff going on in this world. And to feel sort of out of step or that you're, you know, the, the fourth person of, of you know, a, a foursome and mm -hmm. the other three are kind of all going and doing this and you're the one odd person out. Mm-hmm. It's probably a common feeling amongst Christians, I think. I think so, too. I would agree. And and I'll use a better example um, in my mind is when uh, me and my sister that lives here locally went to visit my other sister that lives out of town. And there's a lot of different things up there to do when you're in a bigger city. And, you know, there's been a couple of times I felt out of place where we were at. And it, you know, was kind of awkward, but yet at the same time they were gracious towards me, and you know, they they didn't try to make me feel out. But um, I think it was just, you know, the Holy Spirit. Like I knew I was kind of fish out of water, like you know, looking around. But you know, it was different. But I was able to navigate that, you know, with the help of the Holy Spirit, and you know, not. Um, complain or freak out or, you know, just um, react in a negative way. I was able to, you know, just sort of stay the course because if I had, you know, had some big reaction, then, you know, I have to think how would that impact them and, you know, because my other sister is lost and I want to maintain my witness, you know, so there was some things, there was some tension like you're talking about that, that came up. And I had to sort of feel that on the fly. You know? So imagine you didn't get to come home from that type of vacation. 
imagine that you had to stay in that circumstance or remain in that circumstance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I would think, I would believe at this point that that line of thinking mm -hmm. would then probably help us to appreciate the folks that we do have, the fellowship we have with other believers to be part of the body of Christ, mm -hmm. uh, to have this wonderful opportunity to, in that, be with people who love Jesus and that agree with the basic tenets mm -hmm. of the scripture and, and um, God's love. We, we do that thing. Mm -hmm. We love one another as Christ has taught us to. We practice that. We employ that, use that. And we probably in that certainly have an easier go of it than if you just had the Holy Spirit. Now I believe you're right about that. The Holy mm -hmm. Spirit can sustain you even when there's nobody else around you. God can. Right. Yeah. But I think that's like Adam and God. <clears throat> that really isn't the ideal and I don't know if God gave Eve to Adam because of that need mm -hmm. to have that with somebody else mm -hmm. uh, then probably I don't I can't imagine us being able to do that for an extended period of time right you know John was on the island of Patmos and <laughs> you could you could maybe ask the question well how was that going for you but mm -hmm. he was certainly left with his own thoughts and that's mm -hmm. probably where the book of Revelation comes from he was left with his own thoughts and putting it all together, which can't, in and of itself is not a bad thing either. Mm -hmm. But what got me thinking about all this was, you know, we, we know the Word and we encourage with the Word and we get on the podcast and, and, and hopefully do the Word justice in the sense of reference, but also even so in terms of application, mm -hmm. interpretation right. and application. We try to do it all within this whole covenants, helping others sort of model. That's mm -hmm. what we do. That's our ministry, our primary ministry. And so all of that, you know, I think is good. Mm -hmm. But when I think about it in that way, we're preaching to certainly or ministering to or delivering the word to a group of people who believe like we believe. Mm -hmm. But many of them are not in situations. And so that's the encouragement. But many of them are not in situations. Mm -hmm. And though they apply the word, mm -hmm. I think it's important to recognize if you're not in a group of people that are going to be very receptive, it's going to be a more difficult yeah. presentation. And with that, then a more difficult sort of experience mm -hmm. to endure. Mm -hmm. And yes, the Holy Spirit will be there with you. But in the end, you're going to begin to look a lot like Jesus and right. and probably will get in the end if you don't have an exit and egress a way out of that mm -hmm. you don't get to come back home from <laughs> vacation uh, from hell so mm -hmm. to speak uh, then you're going to feel that burden and that yeah. pressure right and I thought you know what do you do with that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and how do you endure that and would that not be important if we're going to offer all this advice on, right. you know, doing the godly thing on the program and we're going to obviously offer it in counseling with that integrity, that, that need for integrity in mind. Mm -hmm. But truth is, there's a lot of people who don't have that support mm -hmm. of another. And with that, the world is turning toward this great divide. 
mm-hmm. where there's going to be the worldly and then there's going to be the godly. Right. Well, and <clears throat> there was a particular situation I was in um, staying at someone's house. Um, just a few days, like a long weekend, and they were, we'll say worldly, um, and <laughs> it was kind of awkward. You know, there was lots of things going on around me that, you know, I don't usually participate in. And so there was some tension there. And by like the third day, I kind of got down to where, it, you know, I'm, I felt like, you know, Lord, I, you know, I'm here all alone. I'm on this island. <laughs> that was, you know, I like, are you even here? You know, I, I just felt really isolated. And, um, you know, Jesus shows up sometimes in the strangest of ways. And, you know, we see it in the Bible consistently that God will move in unexpected ways. And it was so funny because um, this grandfather was asking his granddaughter, and I was sitting there praying. I was like, Lord, I just, I really feel alone here, you know. And um, he was asking his granddaughter about school. And he was like, "Um, so what do you learn at school these days? And... (laughs) The little girl went to a private school, and she said, she was young, she goes, Jesus. And he goes, well, what else are you learning? You know, you learn any math, any reading, you know, kind of like he didn't want to hear that answer. And she looked at him, and she went, Jesus. And I was just like, even here, even in the midst of all this, you're here with me. And, of course, I know the Holy Spirit lives in me, but just, it was just, for me, you know, to show me. So I feel like that you're correct. We can sustain on the power of the Holy Spirit. Obviously, Jesus went out in the wilderness, you know. But I believe we're also meant for relationship, like you said, with Adam and Eve. So, you know, if you don't feel like you have that support, I feel like that it's pretty critical to find that support and then especially in these latter days we're going to need to stick together we're going to need to support each other there's going to have to be unity this divide of amongst the godly is not helping anybody and so we we need that because more than ever we need to encourage each other because the world is going to get more worldly not necessarily more i i kind of go back and forth on that um i think we just see it more you know, it's always been, there's things today that were in the Bible. So, you know, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. It's just, we know we, it's out in the open more now and it's accepted now. It's just part of life now. Well, and I think we should probably acknowledge or it needs to be acknowledged that, that our world especially is changing. It's Mm -hmm. not that there hasn't been this dimension to the world or worldliness. Right, right. But it really wasn't such in our media culture as it is now because we're much more humanistic Mm -hmm. and predominantly so. Belief systems. Yes, than than we've ever been. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say humanistic if only because that seems to capture the vernacular of today a little bit better. And I think that is the great divide is between not only peoples, sheep and goats, as, as the Bible might call it in the end times. But it is also probably the division between heaven and hell, and mm-hmm. with that saved and unsaved. Mm-hmm. Because it really comes down to humanism being worshipped, the person mm-hmm. or the group of persons, right, right. versus God. 
But even with God in human dimension, expression, mm -hmm. there's a need for us to, <clears throat> excuse me, join together mm -hmm. lest we find ourselves as with the 99 and right. Jesus has to go after the one. Right. There's not that the 99 don't matter, mm -hmm. sheep, but that the 99 have 98 more, depending on whichever one it is that you're looking at, mm -hmm. to support them. And that's the idea. But the one doesn't. Mm -hmm. And that's when the one really needs saving. Right. Right? More even so than the 99. Right. I'm not saying that the 99 didn't need saving in the first place, or maybe we all come to Christ in that way because all have sinned and fallen short. But we can reach out mm -hmm. and we can example mm -hmm. Christ, light and darkness. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, though, We've got to understand the principle is only going to work to the extent of thriving as a Christian if we convert them. <laughs> if they're not converted, or if there's implicitly then, I use that word again, if inherently, there is going to be this division, then to get through all of this, even to the point of when Jesus comes again, and who knows when that'll be, it's going to be very adaptive, very beneficial to at least know who your people are right. and to be able to get the support from them or at least to understand the power mm -hmm. of that agreement as God has ordained it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because really, the ideals of the Word and all that we're aspiring to will never have fruition come to the fullness that God intentioned them to, except that we would have fellowship with other believers and that eventually, one day, not only would this part of the world, our culture, but the entire world would submit to Christ. Now, I'm talking human. I'm talking material dimension. But this idea, though, until that happens, we're going to run that risk. And maybe that's not only a risk. Maybe it's a reality. We're just going to continue to be in and of, in a material sort of way, the body of Christ. But also outside of, on occasions, found outside of, that we're bringing that evangelistic message to the world mm -hmm. with the great hope of converting them. Yes. You can't kill them. Right. <laughs> that might seem the more efficient thing to do in a humanistic sort of way, mm -hmm. but that's what that is. It's just humanistic mm -hmm. because it's really not love. But at the same time, when you're dying for that group of people who are casting, as with casting your pearls before swine, you've cast your pearls before swine and all they've done is trod them underfoot, mm -hmm. it's a little difficult. It's Stephen. I just, uh, I'm reading an Acts right now and, you know, they're getting sent out to these places that, <laughs> and some of them it's kind of uh, awkward because, you know, they're going out to Jews and Gentiles. And then when they preach, the um, apostles are, you know, spreading the gospel of Jesus. And the Jews are getting mad because they're preaching to the Gentiles as well. You know, we, you know they don't need to hear this. And then poor Stephen, I just read that the other day, gives that beautiful rundown timeline of, you know, what all's happened from... Not quite the beginning. Maybe he started with It's pretty Abraham. much the whole Bible. Yeah, I mean, it, and I thought about that. And I thought, you know, if you were talking to somebody that didn't know the Bible, this would be like a perfect little simple, you know, chapter breakdown that you could read to somebody, literally. And then after that, what happened? Then they stoned him. 
And I was thinking about Paul when you said about killing them because, I mean, you know, he just kind of was like, well, let's just start killing him. And he was, but after Stephen died, then it was just got worse before he became converted. But, you know, they were going out and they were going amongst people that maybe had heard of Jesus, didn't really know. Then the Jews, you know, thought they knew everything. And it was, I don't think it was easy for them either. You know, and it was important for them to go together, you know, and Jesus sent them out in groups. I don't believe he sent anybody out alone. No, two. Yeah. In twos. So they were always together. Um, and we should take note of that, you know, when we start to get by ourselves. Sometimes we can get squirrely up here mm. in our head and, um, you know, unless we start misconstruing the truth or misunderstanding the truth, at least we have somebody to sort of hold us accountable and, and you know, um, work with us. But, yeah, I feel like that that reminds me so much of, you know, the apostles going out and dealing with these people that necessarily didn't know or maybe they were curious or maybe they didn't believe at all. Um, that's the world that we live in. There's lots of people that maybe, you know, their grandparents took them to church when they were little, and now they don't They don't have anything to do with it. They don't believe God, in God. And you brought up a very good point as well, whether you were going in this direction or not, but I think that it naturally comes back to this. But when you're especially talking about being in the family, now up to this point in our conversation today, we've been discussing the elements of the worldly and the humanistic and as much as, again, even within the body and even within the two or the three or the four, the fellowship of believers, there are still going to be times and places when people are going to get into humanism or they're going to get a little squirrely, as you put it, alone. And then that's even more difficult because it is a constant battle and there are certainly many that will maybe even begin or be accepting of the Word of God, Mm -hmm. uh, would receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, join the body, maybe it's your church, maybe it's just a general community. Uh, I do believe there's a fellowship of believers that extends beyond the church itself, the denomination, the building. Yeah, Yeah, church was without without walls. Mm -hmm. Maybe I've heard it described as that before. But, But this idea, though, is even with that... There are plenty that fall into apostasy. Mm-hmm. And there is not only a need then for appreciation of how to become part of the body for the sake of all of these things we're talking about, the support, the ideal, mm-hmm. the ability like the book of Acts when mm-hmm. the day of Pentecost and mm-hmm. when the new church was formed in a, in a physical sort of dimension right. and the fellowship that was there. It's all those same principles. If you liked those things in the book of Acts, particularly as as the church kind of came conge- congealed, is that the mm-hmm. word, came together, mm-hmm. then that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But the moment that they came together, they began to fall apart. <laughs> and it's just, that's the way it even goes, not only with the separating the sheep from the goats in a more general sort of way, those that will accept Jesus or not, but even those that have accepted Jesus, there's apostasy. They fall away. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. And all I'm trying to get back to is we know we have to continue to do what Christ did. Mm-hmm. We have to deliver the word with integrity, with authenticity, mm-hmm. genuinely, 
And we can't kill people. Right. Even if we think that they're killing us or they're going to destroy the body, even as they were crucifying Christ, it, they could not stop them from doing that. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that, that those that were around or were in a position, the disciples, Peter maybe, who was a bit bodacious and, yeah. and kind of was prone to maybe resorting to some element of physicality to mm -hmm. achieve the end. Mm -hmm. At least sounds like he could have been, the personality type he seemed to have been. But even Peter, though he didn't make a conscious choice not to do that, he was too busy not wanting to get killed mm -hmm. and realizing in a more immediate way, it was still not what he was supposed to do. Right. And that's very difficult mm -hmm. to be able to walk away, to turn the other cheek, to forgive. And as much as I got a passage of scripture I'm going to read from, I think it brings then, as with proper segue to the Bible, which we love to go to the Bible. Mm -hmm. I think our next podcast we may talk about why we keep going back to the Bible. We've spoken of it before, but maybe we de devote the podcast if we've done before again. But I'm going to go to Matthew 18, 15. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he neglect to hear them, tell it to the church or unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall or ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times, Jesus saith, to him, saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. But for so much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children, and all that he had, and payment, be, and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, and forgave him his debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence, and he laid hands on him, and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison, till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto the Lord all that was done. Then the Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all the debt, or all that debt, because you desirest, or thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I have pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Hmm. Now again, Peter, Jesus, 
the call, the calling. And as much Peter seemingly did not have a choice not to raise up a sword, although he did try to in the Garden of Gethsemane. He cut did. off what is it? I kept Malchus, Malchus. Mm-hmm. his ear or whatever part of his body, I think it was his ear. ear. But the idea though is is that so much so, in the end, Peter conceded, maybe not of the best will, mm-hmm. or not out of a best will or choice, as with Christ and the teachings. But it had to be that way. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for us to resist that temptation to lift up a sword. It's hard for us, when we're in that circumstance, not to not only say something, but to genuinely maybe go a little further than we should. Mm-hmm. And not only challenge, but want to destroy the evil. Right. But that's probably where the line is, because... It's not ours to destroy. It's God's. Mm-hmm. Ours is to forgive. But trust that God, as much as we would two or more gather together in the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. would agree upon anything it should be, we should have this wonderful fellowship with mm-hmm. one another. Mm-hmm. And we should do everything we can not only to convert, but to correct. If our brother, and this was in the family, mm-hmm. falls into sin... But I think that's very difficult to do. And really, 70 times 7 kind of means that whether it's the lost or even in your own home, and maybe especially it's more difficult in your own home, Mm -hmm. you have to forgive. Mm -hmm. That's hard. Mm -hmm. A very difficult thing not only to do, but for me personally, I'll leave it up to you, give it to you with that thought in mind, to say Mm -hmm. you should forgive and leave it up to God. To measure out the justice. That is a very difficult thing. It's a difficult thing to hear, and it's a difficult thing to say to someone else. And I just wonder how Peter felt, because right after that, Jesus restored Malchus's ear. And, you know, that was kind of a rebuke towards Peter. You know, you don't need to do this. And then, you know, he kind of reversed what Peter did. And so uh, I imagine that was you know, sort of a moment for Peter. But we all have those moments. And, you know, when someone says those things to us and we, you know, we have to choose to forgive, there's no easy way to do it. You know, there's that tension. There's that, you know, I want to I want to say what I want to say. I want to take care of it, you know. Um, let me handle it, God. <laughs> I got this. And inevitably, in our humanist uh, thinking sometimes it's not the best way. Well, it's the human nature, though. Right. Fight or right. flight, s- survival of the fittest, kill or be killed. Right, but it's and, hard to, you know, in the moment, I think it's hard to, you know, sort of hold back and, and let that sink in because we talked about that a couple of podcasts ago. The, the rational part of the brain and the emotional part of the brain, you know, cannot coexist as far as, you know, when we get worked up about something. And that just came up in conversation with me, and I don't remember who I was talking to about, you know, um, about forgiving 70 times 7 and the difference between being slapped and, you know, being uh, turning the other cheek and then being a doormat. You know, so there, there's like a, a line there because are we going to let somebody abuse us and, me, you know, be mean to us and just keep forgiving them 70 times? So there, you know, there's a there's 
things that we have to consider. But um, definitely is, it's going to happen, and then we have to look to Christ, his example. That woman that was caught in adultery, he could have easily just done what the law said, just stone her, but he didn't. Like you said, we can't kill him. That's what I was thinking when you said that. I thought, well, he didn't kill people. I, and I know I, I make that an extreme statement, mm-hmm. or that sounds extreme. Mm-hmm. I make that statement in an extreme sort of way. But that's what we're doing in our minds. Well, that's what it ends up being. I don't care where you start. If you go down that road, it's all killing somebody. Right. And then in the end, crucifying somebody. Right. And in the end, it will literally at times end up in the killing of somebody mm-hmm. with intention. Right. And you're right, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Paul, uh, Saul, yeah. Paul was there. Mm-hmm. He had a will to kill. Now, yeah. I don't know that he actually stoned. And maybe that's the only saving grace is he was pushed about as far as he could go in that sort of circumstance and came to Christ. And I'm not saying that people who kill people can't be forgiven. We've talked about that on the podcast. But at the same time, though, I think we need to realize that is the end of all humanism is self-preservation. And when we give advice... We give advice not only understanding that the advice is intention so that you don't go out and kill somebody or even a slow kill, Mm -hmm. this progression, but realizing if you go down that path, begin that path, then you're going to end up not only killing them, but you're going to kill yourself, whether it's to destroy what might be remnant or remaining of any decency or positive in the culture. But it's almost like a suicide bomber. Mm-hmm. I mean, what good is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, not only do you kill a bunch of others, some of which you don't even know if they're really as evil as you think they are, mm-hmm. and then you end up killing yourself. Nobody wins right. except the devil. Right. Because there's nothing. Now, should I die for someone? Yes. But I shouldn't blow them up, and I should not see it as blowing me up because the motive of that is nothing but pure evil. Why? Because it's pure humanism. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's all a matter of me being right. Mm -hmm. Right. Even if it's going to kill me. Mm -hmm. The old saying, cut off your nose to spite your face. Even if it means me killing me, I'm going to be right. Mm -hmm. That's foolishness. Mm -hmm. There's no higher order of thought in any of that, godly thought in any of that. It's sort of like uh, before, if you have an offering, <laughs> before you take it to the altar, go and reconcile with your brother first. Then bring it. Yeah. God is even in the end of this passage in Matthew 18. I don't want God mad at me. <laughs> and I don't want God upset with me. Right. I don't want God. And I don't know if God per se, but he's told me, watch, whatever it is that's in you, your iniquity, to turn to this direction, to resolve things. It's not my direction. And in the end, you're going to destroy yourself. And in the end, I can't have anything to do with you. I'm going to have to treat you like a heathen and a publican. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, and that's part of his faithfulness because he will do what he says he will do, even if it comes to that. And I shared that with somebody the other day that wasn't really keen on believing in God and I said you know he's even faithful to that extent that even if he has to say you know be gone from me um, you know I never knew you I I I don't know who you are excuse me depart from me 
however, and there's different scriptures that talk about that. That's what he's going to do because that's who he is and he's faithful to his word and, you know, he's faithful to speak to us, to correct us, to rebuke us and thankfully, like you said, he will speak to us hopefully before we pull the sword and cut off somebody's ear, you know, but sometimes we're like Peter and we don't, we don't listen for it. Maybe we heard it and we ignored it, and then we just go ahead and do it. And then what happens? Jesus has to come in and make it right. And sometimes that may upset us. Who knows what Peter... I was thinking about James and John, about how they kind of, you know, they walked with Jesus, and then they were talking about who's going to be the greatest in heaven. And, mm -hmm. and I was thinking, you know, we're here, and we can be humanistic here, but they were with him. I mean, like walking alongside of him, and yet they were still thinking these things. Of course, we're no better than they were. But it and just, they were no better than we were. It just amazed, right? It just, you know, I'm like, we are. really, you know, like this is this is what you're thinking about. But we have that hindsight. You know, we can read their story later. But. So you're talking then, with reference to mm -hmm. believers in this passage, mm -hmm. specifically mm -hmm. to a, a believer, a brother right. in Christ in the family. Mm -hmm. But even so. What then with those that are unbelievers? What a challenge to lay down your yeah, life right. for someone who really doesn't believe. Mm -hmm. yeah. Someone you know. Now, I don't think that you have to stay in that situation. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, this passage, even though it's applied to believers, I don't know that it wouldn't apply to unbelievers. I don't know that you should hang out with people who are liars, cheats, and thieves. Right. Crooks. Mm -hmm. Whose intention is to kill, steal, and destroy. Mm -hmm. Who's of their father, the devil. I don't know that you should hang out with them. Right. You can leave that group. And if you're the only one and you're prepared, and it's, God's put it upon your heart like Stephen, to be able to, to deliver the entirety of the word mm -hmm. <laughs> in a matter of moment. Right. Right. And then ex understand that all that's going to do is end up getting you crucified. Mm -hmm. And that's your, that's your calling. Right. And you see it that way. Right. Then I am not going to talk you out of it. That's, that's certainly of the highest order. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how many of us can do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Or if we can do that at all, it would only be with a special power or a moment or time as with supernatural anointing. That's probably as close to being Jesus as we could get in that moment. And most of us know far more what it's not to be Jesus or the lesser right. dimensions yeah. than those moments. But maybe we all have that great moment in life when we turn the other cheek and it, and it would then maybe not result in our death, but it would result in the sparing of somebody else's life. And, and I think that's the way we really need to generally look at it. Mm -hmm. Every opportunity may not even so end up killing us, but it certainly keeps us from killing them. Right. And God has no will and intention, whether it's for the sake of righteousness or justice, that we should kill somebody mm -hmm. and condemn them to hell. Mm -hmm. As much so, it would not allow the grace and mercy. Right. Both according to the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, mm -hmm. we need to turn the other cheek. Yeah. Thou shalt not kill. Right. And we need to forgive 70 times 7, mm -hmm. lest we then would confound mm -hmm. God's righteousness and right. justice in that. Right. But I do think, once again, it's very difficult even for believers mm -hmm. 
whether they're talking about other believers who we might have a bit more benevolence toward or people who are completely, totally heathen and publicans, mm -hmm. it's hard to turn the other cheek. Now, oddly enough, all this passage in my mind, all these verses in this passage in my mind has always been turned toward, yes, we can finally leave them. We don't have to hang out with them anymore. They could just go their way and Jesus has given me an out with all these sinners and the ones that aren't penitent aren't going to change. But until I confess that it's my heart that this passage is speaking to, not somebody else's, mm -hmm. in that same way. And until I become converted in that most pure and holy of motives, I'm not going to be able to be part of Jesus, and I'm not going to be able to be in full agreement with you, because I'm going to always be Ananias and Sapphira. I'm going to always be holding out. I was out, thinking of them earlier. Holding out. Yep. But if I'm going to sell out to this whole call, I need this. I need this. Rather than these passages being justification to get rid of somebody or to send them to hell. <laughs> this is to slow me down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is so that I don't lift up my sword. Right. These yeah. things, Jesus is telling us, the disciples, Peter, who Peter got the message. Mm -hmm. Again, because he, he was a what? Mm -hmm. uh, well, then how many times? The, the, the other 11... If they were all there at the time, they didn't bring up this point. Mm -hmm. It was Peter. It's probably why upon this rock I should build my church, mm -hmm. establish the church. Because as flawed as he was, yeah. Peter was insightful. As lack of eloquence, maybe earlier on, mm -hmm. maybe not so much after Christ's resurrection, he wrote so many first, second Peter, mm -hmm. just beautiful writings. When but sermons. at this point it was still pretty crude. But moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. It's, con it's not conversion so much because it gets in the family, but it's preservation. It's maintenance. Right. That's for me. Yeah. That's not for my brother. Mm -hmm. That's not Jesus just saying how to deal with a renegade or a rebel mm -hmm. believer or one who's fallen into apostasy. I'm always thinking that way. Mm -hmm. No, I need to change that. I have, I have blood. <laughs> At least the thought of that in my mind. Mm -hmm. I have to confess that. I don't know. Do you think people, do you think that people would be willing to confess that even as believers? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. That would take some little bit of soul searching and a lot of honesty and some willingness to humble ourselves to admit that we need to do that or that we even could do that because some people, I could never, you know, they look at it, like you said, as, you know, correction versus an inward work, which God always has a way of using scripture and, and um, examples to not only help others, but to change us to be more like him. So that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I think that the world both worldly and godly have always seen that scripture as like about the other person. Well, you're not going to get me to stop being human. Mm -hmm. And you're not yeah. going to get me to stop having emotional thinking. Right. You're not going to get me out of the fight or flight mode. Mm -hmm. Because that really, as much as I don't think God created us out of animals, he created us with the same sort of constitution as animals. And, and in some ways, we all have a bit of that animalistic behavior. Mm -hmm. The, the uh, motive mm -hmm. in us. 
And with that, then, I am capable of fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And there's probably places and times when that might be a bit justified, but I'm going to be reactive. Right. The idea isn't that, except to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. And fight or flight really means kill or be killed. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, escape it or right. kill it. Right. So two choices. But to stay in that circumstance long enough mm -hmm. and to do that with the capability of engaging in more than just reactive mm -hmm. sort of choices mm -hmm. or behaviors, the instinct of survival right. as the base, I think we're called to a higher order. I think the Old Testament makes that real clear. You need to think about this before you act upon it. Right. Yeah. But if that's true, and then Jesus is reminding us of that, mm -hmm. Because though they weren't talking about killing somebody here, they're talking about the same stuff. Mm -hmm. If it all goes down the same path and it's all in us, or it's in us all, all of that is in us, but it's in us all to do that. Mm -hmm. If I don't admit that, and maybe the only thing that separates me from an animal is my ability to not only think about that long enough to admit it, but then allow what my thoughts might bring me as far as rationality and reasoning mm -hmm. and understanding the Word of God and intellect, mm -hmm. conceptualizing it in certainly human form, human dimension, mm -hmm. but it slows me down. Mm -hmm. right. And then if I follow the advice of the Word, as again, that's why we minister it. We're going to spend the next podcast, I think, talking more detail, but this is... Why we minister the word here? It's yes, it's intellectual, mm -hmm. but it's only intellectual to the extent that it slows us down and gives us pause mm -hmm. to give consideration, not be so emotionally reactive, right. be somewhat realize there is even in that a, a choice. Mm -hmm. And if you've got some real basics, like if you don't listen to the word, if you don't apply the word, it's all kill or be killed. It's all those things we've been talking about of the father, the devil, lying, cheating, and stealing. Mm -hmm. All of that stuff is in the human heart. That's the iniquity that's in us. But if we can't slow it down enough to give the word a chance, right. not only to slow us down so the Holy Spirit begins to speak, mm -hmm. but as the Holy Spirit may be there, mm -hmm. <laughs> he is. But we might not always see him so clearly. Right. Or some of us, are the lost, are just dismissive. Right, right. They've just fallen into the trap of animalistic behavior. They may mm -hmm. package it, mm -hmm. and certainly they're a bit more refined. Talked about Peter being pretty crude earlier. Yeah. They're a little bit more refined. They're eloquent in covering it up. Right. But if you don't admit that it's in you, mm -hmm. if you don't admit that it's in you to kill Jesus, mm -hmm. all that Jesus is, it, if you don't admit that your human nature crucified Christ, mm -hmm. You weren't there at the cross in that sense, that in bodily form, but you were there at the cross and participating right. in crucifixion of Christ because it's the same human nature. Mm -hmm. You said that earlier, and I made sure I said, just as they were, we are today, mm -hmm. it's in us. Right. But if you don't start there with that premise, mm -hmm. then I can't counsel you or the counsel I give you, you're going to do what I've done <laughs> wrongly. Over the years, wow, this is just a trick, a good way, the best way, it's kind of a trick, yeah. to get my will mm -hmm. accomplished. Because mm -hmm. I'm just going to treat them as a heathen in public, and I'm going to wash my hands of them, and I ain't going to help them at all. I'm not going to do anything for them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to 
stay away from them. I've heard that. I've heard people, not you, but I've heard people say that. And I'm going to wish that they just would end up going to hell. That's where they're going to go. So just go on to hell. Right. right. I might as well just say that. Go to hell. Mm-hmm. That's not what God wants me to do. No. That's not what he died for. I mean, not just the thought that he doesn't want us to, but my gosh, he sent his son to die for us so that we wouldn't do that. And why would we want to, why would we want to, well, it's our human nature. It's the human nature. It's all of our human nature. There'll be those out there, I'm sure, that are listening because we aren't going to record this. <laughs> It'll be out there for posterity. Yes. But there'll be those of you, we will record the podcast and right. put it out there. That will be so against me. And they may not listen anymore. And what few followers we have, I might have lost a few. Or I may, somebody might hear that and I'm not going to listen to him because he's saying that we all want to kill people. But if they can't be honest enough to really admit that, or if they have been and they know the power of Jesus to save, they're not going to be ashamed of the fact that they're human Mm -hmm. because it's all of us. Mm And they won't hide that. And if they're okay with at least admitting that, you're probably going to get better traction trying to convert somebody than pretending like you've never had that. Right. You've never been there. Right. You've never because they know you. Right. When you start going there, and some like the Samaritan woman at the well, she was pretty tricky herself. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she was genuinely intentioned to trick Jesus. But she was going to go that saying, "Oh, you're just another one of those." Prophet types. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're just another one of those holier than thou types. You're just another one of those that never gets angry, that never gets upset, that never has a harsh word, that never lifts or raises their voice, that never gets dramatic. You don't know anything about anything. You're just pretending because I know, just like Moses <laughs> killed the Egyptian, mm-hmm. it's in us all. Mm-hmm. Right. But if we don't, Unfortunately, like Moses, if we don't it really accept the message of the rock and the water, the rock of our salvation, and the water that comes out of the rock, and it was right that Moses would kill or smite, hit the rock. Mm-hmm. It was right that Jesus should be crucified on the cross. Right. I don't want to kill anybody, mm-hmm. but if I have that, I need to go to Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then understand and confess my sins and accept right. Him as Lord and Savior. Right. And then I need to go to my brother, and then I need to take these steps mm-hmm. to slow it down, mm-hmm. lest I fall into the trap. Right. That's really good. <laughs> and that is all of us. That's not just a person you mentioned. That you know, the the quiet person that you know never raises her voice. It's in all of us. And I like that you mentioned about Moses killing. <laughs> I mean. You, we see these Bible characters, and I think about David. It's in all of us. You look at him, a man after God's own heart, and then look, you know, and he was pretty vocal about his feelings about what he did. You know, and you read Psalm 51, and you, you know, he just basically pours his heart out in Psalms, and you, you pretty much know everything he's feeling. And there's no happiness as far as, you know, when he's done, raised the sword. It's over, and he knows it. And so we can read that and, you know, that maybe even find some consolation in that. But we still have to go back to Jesus, like you said, so that we can be restored. And then we can go make restoration, make, you know, um, reconciliation with our brother. I do not need to be condemned because I have a human nature and that it's animalistic. Right. 
And, and if I don't add then the divine or intellectually, I don't want to read the word. I'm not open and receptive to the word. And then with that, the living word by accepting Jesus Christ. Right. If I don't appreciate that it's that that killed Jesus, mm -hmm. I don't need to be ashamed of all of that because right. Jesus has come to set me exactly. free from the burden of my shame. Yep. But I need to acknowledge that in a real way mm -hmm. so that I might truly be thankful that mm -hmm. Jesus has set me free from that burden exactly. and saved me yes. so that I might then, as with this passage, not turn on everybody else. Mm -hmm. If Jesus has saved me, if God has saved me, if God has released me, mm -hmm. if I don't remember that here mm -hmm. and I don't allow the Holy Spirit to speak from within me here, mm -hmm. then I'm going to do the same thing that, that the parable of... The second servant. Yes. Yeah. And, and I am going to crucify people and kill people. I'm going to become Saul. Mm-hmm. And, and with that, then, I am going to be a Pharisee among Pharisees. Mm -hmm. And then you have a ripple effect because people will see that and see, oh, if that's a follower of Christ, then I don't know if I want to be a part of that. Well, and what I'm doing is not only am I not converting people because they're right. reading me for what I really am, right. but I'm not preserving the body. Right, exactly. And I'm going to read this real quick because we chatted so much in the front end, I don't want to wear our podcast listeners out. We're running long here. Matthew 18, 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. God's word, not my word. Not so much even for them, that's conversion or bringing them back in. For me, for me, to keep me, preserve me, to maintain me so that I might then do the work of the Father right. by maintaining. Jesus said, I thank God that I've not lost one of them, a one of them. Mm -hmm. And if you shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church, which I don't know is a denomination. I don't know that you go to your pastor or your preacher. It's the church. It, it would be the body of believers in a more generic. It may only be that particular denomination. That may be your only opportunity to hang out with other believers, but should tell it to the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Why? Because he is. <laughs> because he's not listening to the word. Mm -hmm. But this is God's judgment manifest in material form. I'm not judging it. I'm not acting on it. God is beatering out again his judgment. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not inserting my will. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to be glad about that. And there's three opportunities there. It's yes, not at like least. You just went once and then you're done. <laughs> Slow me down. Yeah. Help me remember. Right. Verily I send to you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth, ye shall bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth, shall be loose in heaven. Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. My salvation is at stake here. That sounds pretty selfish, maybe. I should be concerned about your salvation, but I can't be rightly concerned about your salvation until I've got my salvation right. right. That's why the right. two great commandments start with, no, there is but one God, loving with all thy heart, mind, soul, and spirit, and then others, the second, mm -hmm. as you love. You can't love others 
you are going to kill them whether you believe it or not if you don't make that reconciliation with God not once. Yeah, salvation is enough in Jesus. He said Jesus once. But all through your life, every moment of every day, we are sanctified by His Word. Right. Even if it's just to pause us, slow us down so we can take a moment right. to get out of the emotional, reactive thinking of fight or flight and then step into some territory of intention. I am not, the world does not tell me what to do. I speak to the world, but I speak Christ to the world. Right. But I don't only speak it in words, as would be hypocritical. Mm -hmm. I speak it in actions. Right, that's what I was thinking. James. Yeah. Faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. But if I don't do the actions part of it, then who am I? Mm -hmm. I'm no better <laughs> than the devil. Because right. in the end, I'm going to be with him. Mm -hmm. It's that serious. Yeah. It may seem innocuous, but it's that serious. Mm -hmm. It's not that I can't repent or God won't call me out because he'll, he'll do more than three times with me. Right. Right? Thankfully. The, yes. But I need to accept that. And anything that I do, if it's not out of the right motive, mm -hmm. then it's done wrongly. And I'm not going to receive your counsel when you give it to me to forgive. Because I'm going to keep thinking, there's got to be a trick in this. There's mm -hmm. got to be a way around this. There's mm -hmm. got to be a shortcut. There's mm -hmm. got to be a way to get my righteousness done right yeah. now. Yeah. Because that's I'm impulsive too, mm -hmm. my human nature. Mm -hmm. But we have to do it according to God and His process and <laughs> His timeline. That doesn't always line up with our way of process and our timeline. And it's difficult, mm -hmm. but you have the promise of Jesus because whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and loose. But this is what we're binding and loosing. Mm -hmm. We're binding and loosing lives. Mm -hmm. Just like Jesus loosed me from right. being bound to the humanistic nature. Right. That's what you and I do for a living. Mm -hmm. Thank God. I mean, yeah. really, literally, yeah. we get to do this every day. We get to help people understand how to be loosed from their human nature. Exactly. And not just with intellectual or cognitive mm -hmm. thought, mm -hmm. rational reasoning. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Right. But it all should lead to the pause so that we then would hear the most elegant of word. Mm -hmm. And that would be the Holy Spirit. And would then be able to reclaim the real nature. And the real nature that God gave us spirit-wise is unto forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Unto service unto Him first, accepting Jesus, Lord and Savior. Right. And then serving Him by serving others. I don't think that sometimes we don't real you know, people that come in don't realize what you just said. They don't realize that there's a pause to be taken. Or they don't realize there's... Oh, oh my goodness! I, you know, I was on the verge of killing them. You know, not literally, but we just react as humans. And where's the thought process gone? There, it's just we just react, and that's our nature. And so when we talk about, you know, let's let's look at our behaviors and see, you know, what we're believing, and kind of go from. You know, is that really what you believe? Because that's what you're behaving. And and once they start to think about like what it is they're doing, it's like a light bulb goes off. It's like, oh, I I didn't realize that about myself. 
yeah, there's a lot that we don't, <laughs> we just sort of go through life and just react to everything. And I'm not going to say I haven't done that. I mean, you know, it's human nature, but that's where the Holy Spirit comes in and, and slows us down. And he can convict you internally oh, and he yeah, does absolutely. a conscience. But at the same time, if you follow these steps and these procedures, then if you make it to other believers, mm -hmm. they're going to say, wait a minute, I think you're a little off base here. Mm -hmm. If you make it to the church, hopefully, if you, even if you should get past the, the, mm -hmm. the handful, because mm -hmm. you're going to pick them. Right. <laughs> People that agree with you. At least you're going to have another level of accountability. Right. And then all of a sudden you begin to realize this is the power of the group. Mm -hmm. This is the power mm -hmm. of when you take that vacation. You know, you may not win with your friends and, mm -hmm. they're, and you're maybe on the outs. But with God, if you're part of the body and you're in the... He will always win and you will always win even if you have to conform to what they want to do. Because that's the other side of those vacations. I have discovered along the way, though I thought this was the better way to do it, I didn't learn this except by giving in to my son. It was a very... I'll say this real quick and we'll stop. It was a very difficult probably thing to do on the front end but I probably wouldn't have done it for anybody but him. I would have just done what he wanted me to do rather than feel compelled to do what I thought he wanted me to do or would be better for him. I began to listen to him. Mm -hmm. And then I began to discover he knows how to have fun. He knows how to play. Mm -hmm. He knows how to enjoy life. He doesn't look at it like time. <laughs> he just, in the moment, we're just in the moment. It's great. He's sincere and genuine. He's innocent. He's honest. He just loves me. He doesn't, he's not trying to get back to the trickery. He's not, he's not a, a conglomerate of whatever those characters were into, mm -hmm. what was the name of the character? Ble Beeper. Beeper. <laughs> he's not some distortion. He's... Jesus. I mean, he really is the innocence. And if we backed up to Matthew 18 and began there, which I'm always, I'm always deliberating whether I should or not because it takes so much time to read it. Mm -hmm. But that's what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about the innocence of a child. Mm -hmm. Up to 15 in Matthew 18. That's, he starts there because that's really the nature. Mm -hmm. At least the spiritual, divine nature. But we have to reclaim it because we've been corrupted by the world. Unless and, you enter the kingdom as a child. Yes. So that's what we try to do, though, is we try to encourage folks to take that, at least begin to see that perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if they will allow us to, we try to do that innocently, not hypocritically. Right. And we try to do that honestly. Mm -hmm. And we do that in a confession sort of way. We're no different than them, not so that they... Oh, you know, wipe right. the sweat off their brow that they feel great that they're not talking to Jesus himself. Yeah. But it does help a bit. But at the same time, we do that because we want them to know we're not going to be pharisaical on this, mm -hmm. hypocritical on this. Right. And we're not going to ask them to do anything that we didn't do. And we're going to then, as two or more gather together in his name, right. we're going to do that thing. Mm -hmm. But what we're going to do is we're going to believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we're going to believe what the word tells us to do. Right. And we're going to then trust the Holy Spirit's going to give us the supernatural power. Hopefully mm -hmm. you won't have to die for somebody like Jesus did for mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, whatever parts of you that may have to be crucified or die, it's a small measure compared to what Jesus did for us. Right. And right. I wouldn't ask you to do it if I wouldn't do mm -hmm. it. And how do you know that? Because I'm doing it. 
I'm not going to pull rank. I'm not going to, well, I know what that feels like, although I've never really been there. Or if I've been there, it was like 40 years ago. Yeah. And then I've never been there since. Mm. But I was there once, and that qualifies me. No, I live there every day. Right. It's not easy doing that with the human nature mm-hmm. part of me. Mm-hmm. But what makes it possible is the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. And understanding what Jesus has done for me. Exactly. And, and letting the Word be the bottom line when you say we look at the Scriptures. That's got to be the bottom line. It can't even be my opinion or, you know, of course I pray to hear the Holy Spirit and hear what God's speaking to me. And I pray that the person hears what they're meant to hear. Um, and not necessarily even what I'm saying, but what God wants them to hear. But we always land on what the Word says because we can't go wrong with that. And we know that that's sound. So, you know, that's why we use Scripture so much because even when we have our own ideas about things, you know, um, you know, I'm going to pull my sword. We can go back to the Word and be like, mm, God didn't say necessarily to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although it is a sword, and we'll get into that hopefully next podcast. Mm-hmm. But if we can hold on to this, seek ye first kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things mm-hmm. shall be added unto you, Jesus says. The rest of it is small potatoes. Mm-hmm. It's big, it's important, right. but all the problems in a material sense that you've got that we will also talk about, it's so much easier to resolve, but you can't get them resolved without trickery. Right. If And it will never really prosper mm-hmm. because we're not starting out with the right premise. Yep. You need to allow Jesus to fix you. Right. Then we can fix the world. Then we can go on the offensive and use the yes. sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Yes, and the weapons then, of our warfare. Right. And then we can go and use it towards the world to spread the gospel. But first we have to look inside first. Yes. So, should I have not offended them all? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> that they don't want to... Either come back to the podcast or perchance come see me or you, you or me. How should they get a hold of us? Or maybe they just want to chew us out or give me down the road. <laughs> we'll give them that permission. How should they reach us? Well, you can start by giving us a call, 304-528-9220. You can email us, if you prefer that method, at covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. Or you can just go online if you want to learn more about Covenants at covenantsonline.com. And of course, you can always find us on Facebook, and that's where we'll post a link to our podcast. All right. So we ran long, but we talked a lot on the front end. <laughs> Carolyn. Yes, sir. Would you like to take the honor of say goodbye? I'll remind our listeners who are listening to What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry, with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. And then would you like to take the honor of saying goodbye? Well, until next time, (laughs) be blessed. Be blessed. Catch us again soon.